right. Welcome back to the Hall Pass podcast. This is our season two, episode six. If you missed any of our episodes, you can find it on iTunes or www.thehallpasspodcast.com. We're still getting a lot of emails from different types of listeners um, from all over the country or maybe even the world. Um, But if you have other questions, we would love for you to send us an email of general topics and questions that you want us to cover in our podcast at the Hall Pass podcast at gmail.com <laughs> that was early that was all right early um so today we're going to be discussing accelerated programs many of you might have heard uh, of accelerated programs before um many of you may not have heard of accelerated programs so what are accelerated programs basically they're full bachelor's master's uh doctoral degree programs that are structured to be completed in a shorter time frame that's the best way of describing them so you know uh jay's going to kind of go into this is jay's uh expertise and he's going to go into um, some of the different types of programs that are available. But, you know, you can get your bachelor's degree in as little as 12 months to two to three years. And sometimes your master's or your um, JD or your MD in three, four years, um, which allows you to kind of complete the degree program shorter than the traditional kind of schedule and that's what um, accelerated programs are and there are many different types of programs that are available so we're going to go through each of those today for those of you who may be interested um, accelerated programs are college programs so as a high school student you want to start kind of thinking about you know if accelerated programs are right for you and we can talk about that today so welcome back to all of my boys hey, hey hello how are we doing richard's still not here today he actually just landed um from his business trip so he'll be with us next Wednesday Um, but let's get right into the accelerated program so there's so many different types of programs out there um, for profession and duration so Jay why don't we go through each of these programs and kind of a general idea of what they are sure so when you think of an accelerated program you want to think about first the 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 main ordinary process which is you go to four-year college that's a bachelor's degree bachelor's in the arts or bachelor's in the science and then thereafter you go to graduate school or that's where you get your master's or master's phd and many of these masters come in different shapes and sizes uh, some that some korean parents will be more likely to point to such as a medical doctorate or a medical school degree or a JD, a Juris Doctorate, that would be a law school degree. These are all master's programs. If you have a master's program, chances are that there's some sort of an accelerated program at a certain school for them. Not every school offers an accelerated program. Harvard, Stanford, Princeton, Yale, they don't offer BSMD programs where you go directly from undergrad to then medical school. Um, So the different kinds, uh, there's a wide range. Obviously the most popular amongst Asian Uh, parents and and students in Southern California tends to be BSMDs or BAMDs. BS, Bachelor's of Science, BA, Bachelor's of Arts, and an MD, Medical Doctorate. Um, These are the programs that send you directly to medical school. Now, uh, first things I want to point out with these kinds of programs is while they can be accelerated, they also cannot be accelerated. The typical path is four plus four years, which is a total of eight When they say that they're accelerated, they tend to be doing a three plus four program, if not a three plus three program. So the first number, three, references how many years of undergrad you'll be spending, and then the next number, the second number, indicates how many years of the graduate school you'll be spending. So when you hear of a seven-year BSMD program, usually it's a three plus four. They accelerate the first four years of bachelor's degree to become three years instead of four, and then you do four years of medical school. The transition is what really is the kicker, the benefit of going to these accelerated programs. Because when you apply for these, you are essentially writing maybe one, two, or three more essays as a high school student. Let's say you want to apply to Brown's PLME BAMD program. 
Um, they're going to ask for about three additional essays as a high school senior when you apply. PLME as well? PLME. Uh, that's the acronym for Brown's very prestigious BSMD program. Um, it's Program in Liberal Medical Education. So many different schools have different names. Like uh, I think North North um, Northwesterns is called the HPME program. Um, Rice Baylor has like a liberal arts program there too. Um, I, have again, a feeling, I have a feeling this episode is going to be the heaviest acronym usage <laughs> of all it really of our is, It really is. So there's different names. And again, it's not just for medical school, for the BS or BAMD. There's also BSNs. There's BS PharmD for Pharmacy Accelerated. UOP tends to be relatively popular of a choice, in, especially in California for that, for the five-year, six-year, or seven-year pharmacy program. There's BSDDS. That's for the, think of it as the Dental Accelerated. Um, famous ones for that would be Adelphi to NYU, NYU itself, uh, Case Western, places like those. Uh, then you have your BAJDs, um, that's to go to law school. A very particular program for that would be called AILE. About 28 undergraduate schools will have a program where you spend three years there, and then you go to three years of law school at Columbia University in New York. Um, there's also the run-of-the-mill kind of masters, too. Let's say for a master's in finance, um, Claremont McKenna is a great example of this. They have a bachelor's in the uh, arts for um, finance, and then right after you get a bachelor's in or a master's degree for finance, and that could be a four-year or a five-year program. Bottom line, an accelerated program is where you have the conjunction, where you join together the undergrad experience along with the master's program experience. So you end up getting what we call a dual degree. You get a degree in um, uh, the undergrad and a degree in a master's. Nice. Can you, you can't, so can you only do an accelerated program if you apply to one out of high school, for example? So I know last Good year we, we had a lot of students applying to pharmacy school and and whatnot, mm -hmm. and they knew that they wanted to do that at high school, but how can you get into one once you're in the college ranks? So every program is different, but I'd say for the vast majority of these accelerated programs or uh, professional programs, um, you have to be admitted as a freshman because they have a very specialized curriculum that you go into. That's the only reason why they can reduce the amount of years instead of four years spending in undergrad. You spend three years, if not two years. Uh, so like I said, when you're a high school student, you want to make sure that you choose the schools that have or offer these types of programs. You check mark that box. Yes, I'm interested in your BSMD program or I'm interested in your BS PharmD program, whichever your interest is. And then out pops out two or three additional essays. Why do you want to do an accelerated program? Why do you want to be a doctor? Or why do you want to be a pharmacist? And based upon that, you gain admissions. Um, bear in mind that when you are uh, applying, the undergrad has to accept you and the graduate school has to accept you. So sometimes a question I get is, if I applied, let's say, for example, to Brown's PLME, the BSMD program, BAMD program there, and I, do I, if I do I have to get accepted to both those schools? Yeah, you have to get accepted to Brown undergrad and you have to get accepted to Brown's medical school. Can you, by instance, get accepted to just the undergrad and not the medical school? In effect, they accept you to the undergrad, but they deny your acceptance to the full program, the BSMD program. The answer is yes to that as well. Um, it's very rare that a student can go to college first and then transfer into an accelerated program as a college student. A majority of these are gonna be reserved only for freshman applicants. Awesome. So there are so many different types of accelerated programs, and I feel like some students are um, can maybe they want to know what are some of the pros and cons of accelerated programs, you know, um, because accelerated programs sound 
pretty intense in my opinion, right? Like you are going through kind of the college and grad school life pretty quickly. Um, you know, normally it might take, you know, six years for a student to get a bachelor's and a master's. But then for a lot of these programs, like Jay said, three plus three, you're a doc, you potentially could be a doctor. Let's say you graduate at 17 years old from high school and you do um, a seven year BSMD program, you can be a doctor by 24 essentially right mm -hmm. um and so while that might sound really great there are also probably some pros and cons um of accelerated programs so let's kind of go um you know through with uh, our speakers here today and and let me you know let the listeners know about what what are some pros and cons that you think uh exist for pro uh, for accelerated programs yeah so th there's all there's some natural pros you can see that you know you can if you know at 10 years old 12 years old what you want to do professionally uh, you're ready to do it, and then obviously you can shave off a couple of years of, of education and tuition and all of the practical benefits that come with an accelerator program. Uh, however, I, I feel like there are a lot more cons uh, with accelerator programs. It's just my opinion, uh, but you have to have the mental maturity because you just mentioned that 17-year-old going into an accelerator program. Yeah. You know, you can be a doctor with a degree, but, you know, really, are you a quote-unquote doctor yeah. you know, on you paper mature or, or mature enough to actually right. do bedside <laughs> care and stuff like that, right? Right, right. So th there's a lot of those reasons also. another. Imagine, imagine Travis at 24 years old. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. He, just stays, he just stayed at a Holiday Inn. Yeah. Well, well, I guess, <laughs> I mean, Jen, in your case, too, like if you were going to go into Kaiser and you're pregnant, you know, getting your baby checked up on, it's a 24-year-old yeah, kid. Yeah, someone who's younger than me and you know may not be as experienced mm -hmm. in that yeah. yeah so there's those there's those cons also another con i've seen with uh, past students is uh sometimes they're not 100 percent maybe they've been pushed into a program and they're, they're maybe mm. 80 percent or 90 percent they're there but they just need that last five ten you know, that little those little seeds of doubts can kind of grow and become something in your first year second year third year and you're like and then if you decide hey man this is not my thing and I don't want to be a lawyer mm -hmm. or I don't want I don't want to be a doctor or something like that. Then you've kind of pigeonholed yourself. And it's, yeah. then it becomes a terrible kind of dilemma that you have to course correct. And, yet, mm -hmm. and then instead of saving a few years, you may have lost a few years. Yeah, yeah. So there's those kind of reasons that I've seen in the past. And those are really unfortunate. So that's why you have to go into it for really the right reasons that are core within yourself uh, and, and that you're ready for. One so thing I, go ahead. That, that I was wondering about. So with the accelerated program, so say you, you know, you get accepted to Brown's. Uh, a, B, C, D, Q, Y, Z. <laughs> <laughs> and you're two years into it and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. How can you get out of it? Well, it's not that you can, it's not like a, a binding contract right. you, you're obligated to follow through with. Um, it, it really is a, a, a test. They, they have academic requirements that you have to meet each step along the way. And if you don't happen to meet that, you can actually get kicked out of the program. Now, Brown's a great example you brought up because I love Brown's option because, I mean, the worst case scenario, you get accepted to the PILME, the BSMD program for Brown. And after two years, you realize, you know what? I don't want to go to med school. I don't want to be a doctor, right? Well, where do you end up? Brown. Still Brown. Right. Yeah. Brown's still <laughs> right. 13, 14, you know, Ivy League school. So that's great. So th the problem is posed when you go to a school that doesn't have that undergrad prestige mm -hmm. and you decide to drop yeah. out of the so program. So like UOP, mm -hmm. University of Pacific, there are a lot of other accelerator programs. That's another con, by the way, mm -hmm. is that if you're going into an accelerator program, you already have somewhat of an academic standing in high school. You mm -hmm. took a lot of AP classes. Really, you can go to an undergraduate institution 
graduate in three years also mm-hmm. because of your AP credits and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And then you have the flexibility to apply to 20, 30 med schools yep. or dental schools or whatever. Huh. Yep. And, and you you know, that's another thing that I see as a con with accelerated programs. You don't right. have that quote unquote flexibility. If you're already a top notch student, you know, mm-hmm. why not give yourself flexibility in going where you want to go Absolutely. kind of thing. So sort of on, on accelerate de- yourself. Yeah. Sort of. On the yeah. devil's advocate of that, you know, a lot of students, they don't want to take their MCATs mm-hmm. or DDATs or LSATs, <laughs> right? Like they don't want to, uh, I could keep going Alpha, with Alphabet Superman. X, X, XYQZats, <laughs> right? Um, these are all are all tests that, right. that uh, you have to take in order to go to grad school. And so um, they kind of see that as also uh, yeah. a pro, right? Like the, I don't have to take this test. I'm already going to be going to Brown and graduating with a Brown MD. So that's I'm, that's a pro for them. Yeah, you I'm know? gonna tell you right now, that's one hurdle you can knock down. Yes, granted, but you're gonna be taking tests your entire life. Absolutely. If you're a dentist, doctor, lawyer, there's these recertification programs, residency the programs. Bar. Yeah. So as when you mentioned at 23 years, you're a doctor. Well, really, you gotta take your residency for three more years, four right. more years, maybe whatever residency it is, maybe six, seven more years. You got to take the board exams every five, 10 years. You got to get recertified. There's a whole bunch of, there's a lifelong learning here. Yeah. It doesn't stop. So yeah. yes, you may pass the MCAT and in hindsight, I've spoken to a few doctors. That's like, how do we look at the SAT? Mm-hmm. Like right now, high schoolers see the SAT like, oh my God, it's the craziest test in the world, mm-hmm. right? They're freaking out about it. Mm-hmm. But we look at it like, man, that was like one of the easiest tests in the world. Yeah. It's like a three-hour test, yeah. right? Yeah. That's how that's how doctors that have been physicians for decades right. look at the MCAT. Like, right. you know, that was a day-long test. It wasn't that bad yeah, compared to the boards. Yeah, it's a day-long test, everybody, <laughs> right, so by I the way. So I feel like there's a lot of parents here listening and hoping that this podcast would be about encouraging their <laughs> students to consider. I was just so gonna say that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play. I agree with you. There are many doctor parents that actually say to me that no, we don't want our son or daughter to do BSMD. Um, but let's try to give the opposite side of this um, mm-hmm. because obviously I do send a lot of students to accelerated programs every year, mm-hmm. and it. I agree. It takes a certain special type of student. For me, the question is very simple: Do you see yourself a hundred percent going to medical school in the next ten years of your life? Some students are incapable of even understanding the gravity of that question. Whereas mm-hmm. every now and then there's a student that has that very clear sight mm-hmm. and has understanding. Okay. And so for those students, I do see that accelerated programs could be an option. Why? Well, here's some of the pros. While most of these accelerated programs may not completely void the regular acceptance admissions process requirement. So for example, when you're going from undergrad to medical school, right, you have to take the MCAT, you have to take certain prerequisite courses. Mm -hmm. And not only that, you're put to a much higher competition. Your MCAT score needs to be a competitive score. Mm -hmm. Your GPA needs to be a competitive GPA. Mm -hmm. When you do accelerated programs, they keep the bar low Mm -hmm. so that you can focus on more holistic learning and you don't have to spend all your time and money trying to get that perfect MCAT score. Yeah, but Jay, the thing is like the bar is low, but you know, ultimately I I don't want encourage that so much because you're going to be tested later on in your step one step two you want to be a a leader doctor you want to be a a great doctor ahead of the curve kind of thing right right right. so yeah i i don't want i guess what i'm trying to say is that you don't want to lose sight of the forest from the trees right and so there's a bigger plan here from a career perspective and and how you want to be a stellar doctor one of the best doctors out there one Mm -hmm. of the top five ten percent in your field whatever specialty that is okay and so even you said earlier that the Brown program, that you have to pass certain metrics, right? Or yeah. Otherwise, they'll yeah. kick you out or something like that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, to me, that sounds like academic probation. <laughs> and yeah, you, you still get a degree from Brown, but right. you know, if you want to ultimately be that professional, I don't want students to lose that, that so they, they have he, to still here's excel. The, here's the argument that I get from parents a lot, okay. and I, and I want to say I can see eye to eye of that. Mm-hmm. 
There are so many students. In fact, 50% of graduates from undergrad, they call them kangaroo students because they come back to their mom's womb, right? Mm. They, I mean, they come back to their p- mom's pocket, mm-hmm. right? Kangaroo pocket. Pouch. Pouch. Sorry. Yeah, pouch. <laughs> um, so, so because they don't have a job. Yeah. And I think what parents worry about nowadays in the world that we live with in, you almost have to get a graduate degree in mm. order to get a great job. Mm. Now, if that parent gives the student the option to explore and try new things and then graduate undergrad and then not get a degree that they want, a degree in maybe sociology. I'm not saying that's a bad degree, but sociology, we'll right? French. Or or you know, or French or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And and something that's not tangible, yeah, right? Yeah. And then and then they don't end up going to a good grad school that mm-hmm. allows them to be a doctor or have a steady job. Mm-hmm. They're risking an opportunity for their child to not get a job. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you were to if you're thinking 10 years down the line for your child and you want to make sure that they are guaranteed more so mm-hmm. um, to have a job then that's why accelerate programs are becoming a little bit more I get popular that. I three get points that. i can make i want okay, to add then that. you know okay. if you just you want to be a dentist and look at saliva and do root canals all day that's one thing you got to be in it <laughs> you got to <laughs> be yeah, in it so the student that's why i always try to <laughs> confirm the student's genuine ambition for it but the first point it's i i use the analogy kind of like when you go into a bowling alley right yeah accelerate programs are like going on the bowling alley with bumper rails so that, like, no matter what, you're still aimed towards a master's profession. Yeah, now, we're, now we're talking about right. languages. <laughs> I like that, Jay. That's no. really good. Yeah, so really you're going to knock some pins down. Yeah, because you're going to at least yeah. knock something down. Because, yeah. like, yeah. it's true that there's so many students that go out to college and they realize that they enjoy learning, but they can't really. Like, there's there's a paralysis Better of choice. Ball. When you have so many choices, sometimes you're paralyzed. And exactly. I can't explain how many times I meet that type exactly. of grad student, yeah. right? Exactly. Who doesn't know what to want and what they want to do. That's a gutter right? ball without the rails, so right? Let's throw in some <laughs> other let's throw in some other justifications yes, for this. Yes, Another justification is sometimes they are there there are accelerated programs in the sense that you graduate in five years instead of eight. Mm-hmm. Let's just do the financial analysis of Mm. that that's three additional years that you could potentially be earning a master's degree salary i just looked up the average pharmacy salary in california in 2015 full-time pharmacists made anywhere from ninety thousand to one hundred forty thousand dollars a year let's just say a hundred thousand that means throughout your career lifetime you're going to be starting your career three years earlier right so that's three hundred thousand dollars more that you net over the lifetime of your career than you spend that is a maybach yeah that is a Mercedes what, Benz. What, what's a Maybach? You know, there's Mercedes Benz S class, and then there's the Maybach. Oh, yeah, 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 that's a whole new level of wealth, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. But anyways, yeah, your analogies are on point. Today. Putting, putting that aside, putting that aside, bowling Maybach. I, I completely agree with Punkage's concerns and sentiments. Don't you want to go first, explore, figure out what you want to do, and then be certain about what you want to do? But I, I there, here's my third point. There are many qualified, brilliant, bright students that want to be doctors right now that I'm helping. Okay. Mm-hmm. And even though they have a 4.0 from UC Berkeley, even though they have an amazing MCAT score, the fact is that they're Korean American, they're trying to apply to med school. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. Mm. An accelerate program cuts that out. I see, yeah, yeah. And so even if they wanted to, the opportunity doesn't present itself. Mm-hmm. That's why sometimes you have to look at these accelerated programs as hetching your bet for the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that, so that makes sense. I, I can c- certainly appreciate that perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, 
a con that we didn't discuss and that's often never discussed in like when I go to seminars and we do all this all the time mm -hmm. and one of the most you know for Chinese and Korean seminars the most popular topics always filled fills the room is BSMD accelerated medical programs mm -hmm. and how they never, to get in yeah how to get in right <laughs> and what they never really talk about is the financial cost to the parents because please bear in mind undergrad you get a lot of financial aid opportunities okay but when you go to graduate school you don't really get that many financial aid opportunities. Most of those are going through private loans. Because well, they know you're going to be a high earner. Yeah, so let's say you got accepted to a seven-year pharmacy program. You're excited, you're stoked, until you realize, well, the first three years I'll get financial aid, but for the four years, I have to pay 70 grand a year to finish it out. So that's a huge time investment, money investment as well. And so that's parents- a house. That's a house, I'll use yeah. that analogy. Yeah, you got to think of Elsa from that point yeah. of view as well. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, so awesome. So there are so many different types of pros and cons. So I think just to summarize that really quickly, really lay out um, your opportunity cost, um, both both financially and in the future. And I completely resonate with parents who, you know, I'm going to be soon to be a parent as well. And I, I feel like I want my child to be safe and I want them to be financially safe. You don't want your children to financially struggle, um, you know, after graduating from college. And so um, that, that I can completely, resonate with but at the same time like punkage as a parent he wants his kids to explore he wants his kids to wake up every morning and love what they want to do and what they are doing right and be passionate yeah. about it I, I, yeah it's, it's an interesting it's kind of like a philosophical question like my, even with my kids i want i i guess i have a feeling i know they're going to be safe but i don't want them to know they're safe I want mm. them to be individualistic and kind of rugged and pick themselves up and yeah. kind of work hard and not not show them the safety yeah even though i know that they'll be safe in some way sure, you know, it's, it's, sure. It's, it's, this is very philosophical i guess when you come when it comes to parenting and kids kind of thing i like that i like that so really talk this through um with your parents and and parents with your uh, children um, because I think it's an important important decision to make and you know the we're going to talk about applications in a minute but um, BSMD these accelerated program applications are not easy um, they're actually sometimes a lot tougher and there are interview processes like four mm -hmm. rounds of interviews that you might have to go through so that's just not of, it's not easy yeah, just out of curiosity are there stats on acceptance rates kind of like they have for undergrads yeah run of the mill there's stats on all these kinds it's of much things. harder mm -hmm. to find like for example um, Brown's PLME BSMD about almost 3,000 students applied of which they only accepted 90. So you're looking at about a 3% acceptance rate for the top tier BSMD wow. programs. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And you can find a majority of those stats elsewhere as well, but mm -hmm. just to give you a frame of reference. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the most important things that they want to know when they interview you or see your application is how much do you want this program? Because mm -hmm. they know so many students who, you know, say they go in, they want it, and then they end up not wanting it and dropping out. So mm -hmm. it's really important to kind of have that passion. You're going to be competing against 3,000 students with the Brown program, uh, where they are all going to be from a very young age wanted to be a doctor right mm -hmm. and so that's something really important to understand mm -hmm. um so let's talk about preparing uh so if i'm a student mm -hmm. and i'm kind of thinking about accelerated programs what should i do you know at this point and i mean you can either jay break it down as a ninth tenth eleventh grader or you can just kind of give us general knowledge of what we can what students can do to start preparing for these programs sure so here's how we here's how i help students who walk through my door um, ninth and 10th grade is really about the GPA academics. It's about test score prep and GPA management. Lay that strong work ethic foundation early on that you're going to rely on in junior year, especially so because junior year you need to start branching out with your extracurricular activities. 
Um, I have three kinds of activities or, or, or resume points that I look for in a accelerated program student. The first I categorize as preclinical. So that means going to volunteer at a hospital or volunteering at a dentist's office or volunteering at a law, law firm, whichever type of master's or accelerated programs you're pursuing. The second besides preclinical would be volunteering. You want to show humanitarian aptitude You want to show or humanitarian interest. So, um, for example, our student that got accepted to an accelerated law program last year helped with um, the DREAM Act, filling out things in, in, in K-Town, in downtown L.A., helping uh, non-English speakers um, kind of navigate the DREAM Act path. Um, the third and final that I'm looking for is research, if applicable, um, but especially so for something like a BSMD program. There's a lot of medical schools that or um, medical programs, summer programs that you could go to, uh, high school internships at the City of Hope. That's a really big one because you get paid to go. You get a stipend instead of you having to pay for the program. Uh, Cedar sinai U Chicago Ribs. There's a lot of different types of summer programs you could go to to get the research-based side of experience. So again, three things I look for, aside obviously from academics and GPA, uh, academics meaning GPA and test score, and that would be preclinical, volunteering, and research. So, so is the thought around that, that whole preclinical piece is to see, I, I, I actually know doctors that went into medical school and they saw blood and, and surgical residencies or whatever, and yeah. they're like, oh man, I can't handle that. I can't do that kind of stuff. It's blood. Okay. And then they become psychiatrists or they become a non-invasive kind of physician. But mm -hmm. is that what you're looking for in preclinical and high school, like something to see like where your threshold is? That yeah. You handle? Well, as an, I'm always looking at it from an admission officer's point of view. So if I'm the BSMD admission officer, what I'm trying to see is, do you really understand what you're committing yourself to? Have you had the precursory experience and accepted that, hey, this is really cool for me? Mm -hmm. More importantly, from the student's point of view, I need those three. And again, you can vary to what degree and, and you can have some exceptions here, but I call them stepping stones because one of the most important things you're going to have to do is either do the interview and be asked the question, why do you want to become a doctor or why do you want to become a pharmacist? And you have to write the essay. Why do you want to become a doctor? Why do you want to become a pharmacist? And when that comes around, you can't just say, oh, because my parents told me to mm -hmm. or blah, blah, blah. Instead, you have to anchor your reasons to tangible experiences. Well, mm -hmm. um, my junior year, I went to hospital volunteering and I found it extremely gratifying. Well, in what sense? It was personally gratifying to me. I'm a very social person and I love the fact that I can help people in this kind of way. Mm. And this yeah. is what kind of consolidated my interest in wanting to go to medicine. Mm -hmm. And then do you see how, what I mean by stepping stone? Then mm -hmm. what was the next experience that further consolidated mm -hmm. the reason why you want to attend? What the schools are ultimately looking for from this experience is a level of assurance that you understand what you're getting yourself into mm -hmm. and that you've found with certainty that this is your way, that this is what you want. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's got to be, in my mind, from what I've seen so far, <clears throat> the most important point. Because if, if you're going to an accelerated program and you don't know what you're getting into, mm -hmm. that would be a serious problem, just not even from just getting accepted, but from a mental standpoint. Like, I feel like that's like the anchor of their motivation, too. Mm -hmm. Is that like, man, I saw this doctor like save a kid's life during my internship or whatever like that was awesome and like yeah. i want to do that one day and i feel like that's probably really crucial to getting you through the seven yeah. year program mm -hmm. because uh, i can imagine that the workload is probably fairly immense mm -hmm. uh, well travis for you when when did you know that you wanted to be a writer oh man i i knew i was really fortunate i knew pretty young um when i was in about fifth grade so to be so honest. if they had like a bs Journalism. journalism program <laughs> like you would that would have been because you were like yeah kind of I had jumped right in okay. for sure yeah. I had, and I had an internship with our local newspaper when I was a junior in high school so mm -hmm. you know I started writing 
for newspapers when I was 16. Yeah. So if, yeah, if I had a two year program for journalism, I would have hopped right on it. So I want to use Travis's experience to kind of solidify those of you who want to do BSMD programs. Like when they ask you questions, like why do you want to be a writer or, you know, how do you know that you want to do be in journalism? Like Travis had that kind of dream since he was in fifth grade, but like he just mentioned, he had an experience at a newspaper company at 16 years old. So when you, you know, we're going to talk about college applications for accelerated programs in a little while, but one of the things that are the, kind of the most important and crucial elements of your application for accelerated programs is how much of those experiences have you already had that solidifies your passions for wanting to do this program. So a lot of students who do BSMD programs, not only have they accelerated in math and sciences, so they've pretty much fulfilled AP bios, AP chemistry, AP physics, you know, all of those sciences and AP calc, BC, AP statistics, etc. But they've also had like clinical experience. They've had research with professors. They've had, you know, all of these other types of experiences. Maybe they went on mission trips. We had BSMD students who have gone to mm -hmm. like China or Taipei, like Africa, Taipei. Mexico, yeah. yeah, for mission trips and, and helped doctors um, with like any sorts of, you know, uh, cleft lip surgery, yep, this, exactly. this eye thing. And yeah. you'll find that very common in students who have, who want to do BSMD programs because they were so, they had that experience in high school, which is why they know so well about wanting to do what they want to do. So as a parent, I want to be very, I'm going to give a very stern warning here. You can't force your son or daughter to do a B, an accelerated program, a BSMD program. Um, because that becomes so evident when they do the interview, mm -hmm. when they write their essays. Um, it has to come from within. It has to be the student's initiative. And, and you'll know real quick with these programs, yeah. if you volunteer, if you get in the right kind of high school experiences, you'll know real quick yeah. if it's from within or not. And like, like you said, it's transparent. It's very it's easy to see. Um, mm -hmm. And by the way, just a quick note here. Travis, I wish I knew you when you were a young, sprouting <laughs> high school student because they do have He'd a program. He'd be taller than you. They have a <laughs> probably would, <laughs> but they do have a, a a journalism program at American University. It's a bachelor's and then a master's. So, um, believe it or not, <laughs> yeah, like, and it's right down the street or not, from Maryland. They have it. They have if you think if there's a master's program, there's most likely a joint degree, dual degree. They call them usually combined degrees, BAMA degrees. Right, mm -hmm. right. There's tons of them out there. You just have to find them. I found also that there are a lot of unpublished combined degrees. Like you can go to your school mm -hmm. and you can find departments and programs that are undergrad, grad affiliated. Sure. Yeah, sure. my sister just, did that. She yeah. went to UCI, did electrical engineering, and then she just got invited to do plus one more year yeah. for a master's in electrical. I think the deans and the mm -hmm. academic institutions intra-departmentally mm -hmm. yeah. kind of make plans like that. That was like what yeah. I was going to ask is that can you sort of customize your own accelerated program? Depends on the school, depends on the college. And a lot of times you can go to your department um, head and kind of talk to them about, you know, this is what I potentially want to do. And, you know, if they have the funding, if they have the resources, then it's very possible that you can kind of design an accelerated program. Again, depends on yeah, the college. I know, I know some students that uh, they have enough AP credits and they kind of come in as a, a first semester sophomore right. or mm -hmm. a second semester freshman mm -hmm. and they don't want to graduate in three years you know they want to still have a four-year experience yeah. so then they work with their department head jenny like yep. you said and they kind of see if they can get a one-year master's yep. or something and a they kind of combine it together to get their four-year experience with their friends yeah jay so yeah. You're, you're clearly you know our accelerated program guru here mm -hmm. at admission masters so i guess in your experience when we have sent kids successfully onto accelerated programs mm. How have you seen it go from there? Well, um, I'm happy to say that over the past eight years I've been helping these students, um, I've helped them go through the entire process. I don't have a single student 
that decided to recuse themselves or drop out of a program. And that comes down to me being very stern with the parents. Um, look, I, I may come off as being an advocate for accelerated programs, but when I have a, a closed door meeting one-on-one -on -one with a parent, I make it absolutely clear that there's a lot of risk involved to this and that this, is, this, this better not be a majority parent Right. interest or parent ambition mm -hmm. that has to come from the student. Mm -hmm. So I've been lucky enough to meet with parents as well as students that uh, understand the commitment to this and the students have really been thriving. Um, uh, some of them, I'm, I, I can't wait to get my free dental service and pharmacy <laughs> services from some of the students. Hey, you guys know who you are if you're listening. Okay? When I get old, I might need some help. Drugs and dentures. <laughs> Drugs and dentures. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about college admissions. I, I kind of kind of brushed up on it a little bit, but you know, when college admissions are looking at accelerated program applicants, you know, there there are some criteria and things that they're specifically looking for. I mentioned um, a little bit more of a focused extracurricular activity list um, of experiences as well as your academics you know you can't apply for a BSMD program and you're failing all of your science courses it, it just mm -hmm. kind of would not really resonate with the admissions very well so um, what are some other things that you guys have heard of in terms of what college admissions are looking for for accelerated program applicants so typically we're seeing um there's there's some obvious correlations. For example, if you're going to apply for a pharmacy accelerated, it'd be good for you to do AP chemistry and then subsequently take SAT2 chem and hopefully do well in the AP chem test itself, maybe a four or five. Math is just the foundation of all of the, the science or STEM-based or health-based master's programs. So uh, doing well in math level two, SAT2 subject test, taking calculus AB to BC and getting- Biology. There's also bio when it comes to pre-med as well as dental. Um, if you wanted to pursue, let's say, the JD path, the law path, or a master's in journalism, it makes sense for your extracurriculars to show that. So being editor-in-chief. Um, so sometimes it's not just the academics or the tests that you take, but also the activities that you do in mm -hmm. school and out of school. Um, overall, the goal is to show not that you're just singular. You know, The goal is not to just do only medical-related stuff. Mm -hmm. In fact, the last year we were able to get two students into BSMD program, both of them Asian males. Okay, and that's a big feat, by the way. Asian males get into accelerated BSMD programs. That's no tall order. Mm -hmm. um, in that sense, one of them was a, um, a master, um, uh, like, a, uh, like a national champion for debate. The other one was an editor-in-chief, but both of them also had stellar pre-med experiences, summer mm -hmm. experiences, mm -hmm. missions mm -hmm. trip to Taipei, et cetera. So they were very multifaceted, but they always made sure to focalize their activity to a particular strength, which is obviously catered to their BSMD or, or whichever accelerated program they're interested in. I want to add to that. They're also looking for dedication and resilience because, you know, uh, BSMD programs are all these accelerated programs require dedication. You have to be in something for, you know, four or five years. And if you show a track record of um, being in extracurricular activities or doing things that are very consistent throughout your high school career, you're showing college admissions, um, especially in the accelerated programs that you are dedicated uh, and that you will be dedicated and also resilient because accelerated programs are not easy once you get accepted into them academically they're not easy um, you know there are a lot of challenges that come with accelerated programs so they want to make sure are you able to handle that level of challenge when you come to the accelerated program so that resiliency is really important when you have in high school too so my suggestion if you want to start off I think that it should be as early as sophomore year where you really start taking actionable planning um, to prepping for an accelerated program. Mm -hmm. Aside from test prep, what courses to take, what to do during the summer, what to do for extracurricular activities. Uh, another aspect that I want to look at is uh, 
Um, just making sure you're aware that these accelerator programs are not available at every school. So you might even actually have to start your college listing a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. You might want to start at the end of your sophomore year trying to figure out which schools offer which programs and what their specific requirements are because some of them have special requirements. Mm -hmm. um, to give you a frame of reference, uh, PLME Brown, that's usually like the most heralded one as the BSMD programs go. Um, like I said, they had about a 3% uh, acceptance rate, 3.5 or around there. Uh, compare that to Harvard's admissions rate last year, 5.4%. Uh, so these programs are harder to get into than Harvard. However, PLME is not the only one. Brown's not the only one that offers it. There's a range as well. You know how when we talk about the college list, they have reach, possible safeties, those kinds of right. things? Mm -hmm. Same thing happens with um, these accelerated programs as well. So. Uh, a lot of parents sometimes come in with the misconception that every single accelerator program is extremely difficult to get into, harder than Harvard to get into. Mm -hmm. That's not true. When you're doing, uh, when you're preparing for accelerator programs, you also want to start with an accelerated college list, right? So which, which colleges offer the programs you're interested in, and then they themselves will have their own reach, possible, probable, and safety categories to follow. Makes sense. Hey, so just a quick question. Uh, typically, liberal arts colleges would not have uh, accelerated programs or combined degree programs. Correct. These are mainly the larger research-based universities and colleges, right? Correct. So just to just to do a, like going going back in time a little bit, uh, liberal arts inherently are undergrads both uh, specific, whereas uh, universities like UCLA or Harvard, um, they are both uh, undergrad and grad. So, mm -hmm. liberal arts, if they offer a joint degree uh, or uh, an accelerated program, it tends to be that you do the undergrad years at the liberal arts and then you go to a grad school mm -hmm. that has a grad school option for that. So mm -hmm. uh, AILE for law school is the most common example for liberal arts to then go to Columbia Law School. Got it, got it. Mm -hmm. Hey, one more question, Jay. Man, what a wealth of information, by the way. Thank <laughs> you. Um, <laughs> I've noticed, uh, so we've been talking about like pre-medical uh, and then the medical and the law ones. Mm -hmm. I, absent from the list are MBA dual degree programs. Yeah. Are there BA, MBA programs or accelerated programs for those who want to be iBankers and work on yeah. Wall Street and things like that? So there, there's definitely uh, BA MAs, BA MA being Bachelor's of Arts for Finance and then going into Master's in Finance. So that would be uh, Claremont McKenna, as I mentioned earlier. But MBAs are a little bit different. That's extremely rare because, well, let me give you a frame of reference for BA, uh, MBA programs because I help with those two here at, at Admission Master's. Um, the average age of those who are accepted to Harvard's MBA is about 27 years old. So if you do the math, what they're really looking for is that you graduate from undergrad and you spend anywhere from three to seven years to gain work experience. Um, MBAs are always looking for that five-year work experience. That's like the golden measure. That's the mark that you want to reach. So as a result of that, BA, MBA programs are not prolific. They are not common. So, yeah. but they do exist. Yeah. Um, so I, I do want. They're rare. But they do. Yeah, they do have BA MBA <laughs> um, combined programs. They do exist, but they are. So you're saying there's a chance. There <laughs> is a chance. There is a chance. Um, but they, the what's more common is the MBA JD dual degree programs. Yeah. Which are, so that's which when are, you go to when you finish from grad school. And then you want to be a, a CEO with a law degree or something like that. Which so that's is a so JD. valuable. Corporate so that's lawyers. Crazy. Yes. That's the lawyer. ultimate <laughs> level. That's the ultimate level. <laughs> I, the reason why I, I want to, to discount the notion of BA, MBA programs is I'm going to be very superficial, but I'm trying to be honest about it, okay? MBA is about name value. It's about the program's 
program's name value in the world and their alumni connections, networking. Mm -hmm. You don't want to go to a rank 50 MBA paying 80 grand a year, hoping to get a $130,000 a year salary job. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. So you hear these things like people, uh, especially when you're a young professional my age, around 28 years old, you hear a lot of people going back for an MBA. And yes, oh, where'd you go? Well, I went to a four-year online MBA, mm-hmm. right? So maybe your company will like recognize that for you and give you a pay bump and a pay grade upgrade. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of MBA programs out there that are worthless, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. MBA is the one degree where I'd say the name value matters. matters yeah. the ranking so of being the school, in the top 10, being in the top 15. Kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, if, you, if you can't get the GMAT score, the GRE score, and you're settling for like a rank 50, and you are, don't have that promise from your current employer that, something will come, some good will come out of it, Mm -hmm. it may not be the best investment for you. Mm -hmm. Likewise, BA, MBA programs, I can't name one that's a top 10. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, on that, on that note, how many accelerated programs to, should a student apply to? I would say, um, as we mentioned earlier, you don't want to apply to all accelerated programs mm-hmm. when you apply to college. You want to kind of have some options. Apply to a few accelerated programs here and there, um, but also apply to four-year, you know, bachelor programs. Um, just the regular, you know, way of applying into college um, because you want to have options. You know, sometimes if you, for example, I always ask a parent if your student got into Stanford for a four-year pro four-year undergrad but then they got into uop uh you know accelerated farm which where would you send your child and i would say 99.999 percent of the time the parent would say well i'd send them to stanford so if, if your child did that congratulations on parenting you win you win congratulations so so, uh, so, so you, you just personified the balance between the gutter ball without guardrails mm-hmm. and guardrails exactly and that choice of going to stanford is is the non guardrails, right. but you know the name brand, the value, value, the ability to explore. You're already a caliber of a student, so you may find what you want exactly. and pursue it. Right? Yep, yeah. yep. And that's exactly what parents look, bring, bring look it at. full circle here. You know? Yeah. Thank you, Punkage. <laughs> so, um, so I would say, you know, don't. We would never recommend a student to just apply to accelerated programs. No, I, I don't, don't think do that's it. A, not a good idea. Just out of curiosity, has anyone the students that you guys have helped have they applied to like multiple? accelerator programs in different industries like i want to go pre-professional dental or yes. pharmacy or med and just say i, I want to be a healthcare professional <laughs> i don't care how which one it is but i want to be one of them or a law yeah you, you, yeah. you seen that we we have we've wow. had one for um sometimes BSMD. it becomes like a bsmd mm-hmm. and then if they can't get the grades then they'll settle for a farm d wow because farm d is a little bit less competitive what are your thoughts yeah. around that um, own kind of thing it, it, it mixes the message to the student, and I don't like it at all. Um, what you're doing is you're hedging your bet that if you don't get the academic competitiveness to get into BSMD, you're going to settle for something less. Mm-hmm. But what that requires of you is for you to split your summer. Because one summer, you, the first half of your summer, you need to be doing pre-med related things. The other half of the summer, you need to be doing pre-farm related things. When you don't focalize, when you're split like that, things can fall apart. You can The student could get overwhelmed and mm-hmm. just things can collapse so um thankfully for that particular case the student uh was still able to make it into accelerated program didn't get the grades for a bsmd so mm-hmm. ended up going farm mm-hmm. and he's doing fine there he's the type of student that honestly if you asked him do you really want to go to farms like yeah it's cool i think it's chill <laughs> you know it's so like he, he's kind of he's kind of like the ball that would just go float around well, like, yeah. and so the mom knows this okay. knows yeah, the students yeah, like yeah. you know what 
just give him some security because yeah. this dude is an airhead, right? <laughs> but he's okay well, with anything. Well, 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 we wouldn't say airhead, but more like he, if he had too many options, no, the he would have no parents themselves idea. would say that. Yeah. Oh, and so okay. in my case, it, you know, I don't like the idea of it. I think accelerated programs should be met with, with genuine awareness of what you're investing into right, it. Right. And so I always ask my students and I ask the parents, are you in the next 10 years? Are you 100% sure that this is where you want to be? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and if they say yes to that, then let's say let's begin. Yeah. What I've seen, though, sometimes that the, the, the student, and I, I did this you know, a long time ago, but the student would not be all there 100%, but mm-hmm. the parents would say, hey, they'll grow into it. Yeah. They'll, learn, they'll, they'll learn to love it. No. Oh God. <laughs> I'm very skeptical <laughs> oh of that stuff. I, I, usually, I remember that. I'm like, uh-oh. I, I have the same reaction internally. I'm like, uh-oh. So as Here a parent, go. this is what you got to do. If you really want to kind of nurture them behind the scenes, it's to give them the experiences for them to love, find the love in it themselves. Yeah. So like in ninth grade, send them to doctor in the house. And in 10th grade, UCI pre-med, mm-hmm. right? And if they give you a consistent, I don't like it, I don't like it, please don't lie to yourself. Like, no, 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 she'll just grow into it. You'll just grow into it. But if they say, mom, that was an awesome experience. Can I try that again? Then you're doing a good job as a parent. You're giving them not only the academic foundation and experiential foundation, but you're teaching them the best thing to to get into Excited Program, what they personally find gratifying about their path right having that light bulb go off in whatever mm-hmm. industry it is yeah i thought 150 percent i was going to be a doctor mm-hmm. but i'm not but now you're having a baby <laughs> you're <laughs> and an I, education I'm, doctor you know i, I thought i'm an education <laughs> doctor education yeah. doctor I, I thought i was going to be a doctor i literally went into ucla thinking i was doing pre-med and that and that changed very quickly what so. you went in thinking pre so did i what do and we have in common? We're not doctors. Oh my God, but we're both. <laughs> <laughs> but we're education doctors. We're education doctors. What, what, what did UCLA do to you guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, what did UCLA do? Um, so anyway, I'm just saying that, you know, you might be really passionate about something and you might think that you're going to do something, but I agree with Jay 100%. You're not going to know until you experience it yourself. So yep. get as much exposure to the experiences that you can possibly get. Um, okay, so I just want to say thank you, Jay. You, you have re- really, really been able to kind kind of put this all together. Hopefully our listeners learned a lot about accelerated programs. If you guys have more questions about it, you can always email us at the hall pass podcast at gmail.com. Nice. I just want to hit two questions really quickly before we close out here um, from our listeners. So we did talk about athletic recruitment last week. And uh, one of the questions that they asked, I guess, Travis, you can go ahead and answer this one. Um, a student had videos of themselves playing. I'm not really sure what sport, um, but they're asking what they should do with them. Like, should they email them to coaches? Is there a place to put them online where coaches will see them? Yeah, so there's a couple different things that you can do here. One, so the last thing you can do, so we, we see them on YouTube all the time, these corny highlight videos with, like, Fort Minor in oh, the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the worst thing Lincoln you can Park. do. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, don't do that. So if you if you have video of yourself, yeah, you can, you can cut it up, make some highlights of yourself playing. But what coaches mostly want to see is actual – live game footage Mm. because jay i mean you can make a highlight video of you playing basketball Mm -hmm. and you could look awesome i am right and coaches aren't stupid like they know it's really easy to cut up a video on imovie (laughs) so if you send them an actual video of a game Mm -hmm. and not a highlight tape with no volume so Mm. the coaches always want you to cut the volume so if you just take the volume out and just send them just a foot just footage of you playing a game yeah that's the best thing you can do and most of the time you can find the contact uh their contact on the school website. Okay. And if not, you can ask your high school coach, your club coach, or whoever your coach is, and mm-hmm. they will know somebody who can get it. 
Okay, I have a question. Yes, yes. Suppose <laughs> I have a video footage of me doing a sick ankle break. Can I slow mo that section now? <laughs> Would they be offended by For that? For your Instagram video, sure. But that'll get a lot of views. Jay, but Jay, no. Jay you're no. seven foot rim dunk. Yeah. You yeah. know, the, the rim is really 10 feet high. But <laughs> oh, you can't, you, okay. All those videos you just got to archive. So you want to keep later. it super raw. You don't want to so, do any fancy right, so video So highlight editing. videos, great yeah. for Facebook, great for your own personal YouTube, you know, great for Instagram, whatever. <laughs> but if you if you actually want to get recruited, you just want to send just raw footage of you playing a very good basketball game or whatever your sport may be. Okay. Awesome. And then another question was, when should I start going to athletic camps? That's a good question. I think that there's probably two different phases that you could go through. One is when you're pretty young and you just go to camps to test out which sports you might be good at. And the other would be once you start to show a genuine talent for something or a genuine passion and you think maybe this is something I could do at the next level, then you should go to some camps to get yourself exposed to some of the best talents that you won't see in your area. Because mm -hmm. you know, in, in Hampstead, Maryland, I might have been a pretty good basketball player I take myself into Baltimore City. I was horrible, right? <laughs> so take yourself to camps around the country or wherever, just outside of your area. Just see what your talent level is and then give yourself an honest, genuine assessment. Mm -hmm. If you couldn't hang, recognize that. Go back to work and try again the next year. But you know, if, if you're not at the top of the camps, understand that academics will always be your priority yeah you know? and those those pro sport camps those are just for fun right they're not like for skill building they kind of like a uh, rams camp or ravens camp or like oh Lakers yeah those camp. are just those fun little experiences they're not like that, actual yeah skill you know you get to hang with the pros okay. and yeah they're more just kind of for for entertainment value yeah. so for those of you who thought athletic camps was just for recruitment that's not the case you can do it as early as in middle school and you can go to sports camps you know ucla offers camps for students who are starting in middle school so so um, to kind of uh, see what your talent level is, to see what your competition is like, um, and then you'll start going to athletic camps more so for recruitment um, as you kind of get older and you find your talent. I wish I was a kid again. <laughs> <laughs> you can be punk. There'd be so many things we'd redo, man. Yeah. All right. So thank you all so much for listening to season two, episode six. Next week is actually going to be a really good episode. We're going to talk about study habits. So for those of you who procrastinate, who don't have really good time management skills, don't know about note taking, um, we're really going to kind of go through different types of study habits that could be helpful for you, um, which will be our season two, episode seven. So we'll see you next week. All right. Bye, Happy everyone. Good one. Ciao.